Poso maoni work, wai wanen kitanen ni mo e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and he sikimaka e yoso matnamene hokihi. Welcome to the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Wapus. On this episode, we are joined by Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. Welcome, Vaughn. Hi, Sheena. So I would like to remind everyone, as usual, that we request you send in your COVID-19 related questions to us at podcast at MITW.org. Um, so Vaughn, with the CDC uh, changing recommendations for uh, masking for vaccinated people, will the tribe's mask mandates change at all? So yeah, Incident Command tries to make a point to adhere to a lot of the CDC policies. And so with the changes in the masking, um, we're looking at also updating our mask policy on the reservation. So that's something that's kind of in the works. Um, and we're still working out. We may have an update on that in a couple of weeks. So yes, changes with the CDC, hopefully changes on the reservation soon to, soon to follow. So um, can you just talk a little bit about the emergency order that uh, came out yesterday? Yeah, so it was emergency order number 15. Um, what that was, it was a continuation essentially of uh, emergency order 13. Um, runs most, uh, well, about half of the tribal um, offices and departments at about 75% in-person capacity and the other halves um, at 100% for a lot of our, our vital infrastructure um, that mainly relate to health and safety um, and education. Um, that order remains in effect until June 5th, and we're kind of going to keep an eye on what's going on with um, the variant spread in Minnesota and Michigan because they're both having challenges you know, keeping um, the COVID variants under control. And so uh, hopefully it, it doesn't impact Wisconsin too badly um, and we'll be able to reevaluate early this summer. And hopefully we'll be able to, to segue into fully open and operational again. So has much, much hasn't really changed from the previous emergency order to this new one? No, it's, it's pretty much uh, just a continuation. Nothing's really okay. changed this time around. Okay, so I've been seeing a lot of claims on social media about um, both virus and vaccine causing like women's health problems like miscarriages and fertility, other things like that. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and we can we can tackle that question from both directions of, you know, getting the virus and getting the vaccine. Um, so, you know, a statement put out recently by the Mayo Clinic was, you know, COVID-19 overall. Um, the risk for pregnant women is low as far as, you know, risk of fatality and, and whatnot. However, it, it increases the risk of a severe case of COVID for the pregnant woman. Um, one of the things that that could result in is they've found that it increases uh, the risk for a preterm birth. So anything before 37 weeks. Um, so it, it kind of puts the, the, the fetus or the infant um, at risk uh, for, you know, long-term complications that are associated with, you know, uh, preterm birth, um, respiratory issues, optical issues, uh, things of that nature. Um, as far as the vaccine goes, they've, they've 
found that it is, or they they believe at this time it's it's pretty safe for pregnant women. Um, they haven't found that it causes any forms of sterility for women of childbearing age. Um, they do recommend that if you are planning on becoming pregnant or currently pregnant or breastfeeding, you know, they want you to consult your healthcare provider and stuff before that. But for the most part, they've found that it's safe. Um, we can actually put some great links in the show notes regarding the effects on pregnancy, um, vaccination during pregnancy, um, and then some of the statistics the CDC has out right now for um, women that have had COVID um, and its impact on their birth. So we can, we can post those for you guys. You can look that up and read that on your own time. Some of it gets um, fairly in-depth, but it's, it's really good information to get. So Vaughn, um, we had one of the most, if not the most popular podcast hosts this week talking about um, getting the vaccine if you're a younger person. And they, it was in their opinion that if you're young and you're healthy and you exercise and you eat well, you don't need to get the vaccine. Um, and I, I know that in our community, um, it's been consistently the younger population that is the least vaccinated. So can you just talk a little bit about um, why it's important to get the vaccine, even if you're young and healthy? So uh, I actually I saw some articles uh, regarding that individual uh, and, and those opinions. And, you know, he's fully entitled to his opinion. That is that is 100 percent sure. I'm going to throw that out there. Um, it's also not a medical doctor. I'm going to throw that out there, too. Um in, in a sense, he is right about some things. If you are a young and healthy individual, you know, you're not immunocompromised, you're in relatively fit physical condition, um, you get a fairly decent amount of sleep, you literally have a 99.7% chance of surviving the COVID-19 virus. You probably will not die. And that's, that's totally understandable. I mean, um, it is what it is at this point. However, there are some things you got to consider. There are long-term complications that we really don't understand from COVID at this point. Um, you can have long-term lung damage, long-term heart damage. Um, it can increase any sort of behavioral health condition. Um, specifically, uh, it can impact your ability to focus, um, and they're saying it, it increases people's um, symptoms of depression or can lead to depression. Um, personally, I wouldn't want to deal with those. I would much rather be vaccinated, you know, twice and, and not have to worry about things like that. Uh, another big question really becomes, you know, how important is it to you to protect your elders in your native community? Um, you know, herd immunity is the best chance at, at preventing resurgences of COVID-19. Uh, um, right now, our population has about 44% of the individuals living within the reservation in the county vaccinated. Um, that's, that's one dose only 39% are fully vaccinated and have two doses. Um, you know, however, if you're, if you're trying to reach herd immunity, you need somewhere in the ballpark of 80% of your population or more to either be vaccinated or to have built up a natural immunity. And right now there's roughly, you know, 18% of our population, um, has had COVID. So they've developed a natural immunity. Um, so if you couple that with, um, those that have been vaccinated, we roughly have about 57% of our population that, that's immune to COVID-19 at this point. That's not really enough to prevent a resurgence. Um, and we can see spikes in the number of new cases 
uh, because, you know, there just aren't enough people that are protected from it. So it really comes down to, will you die from it if you're young and healthy? Probably not. Do you want to protect your community, you know, friends and family that are immunocompromised, the elderly? If you do, vaccination is, is definitely something you should consider. So, yeah. So um, <clears throat> I've also seen in the news um, some things about breakthrough infections. Um, can you explain what that is? Yeah, breakthrough infection is when someone is infected with a specific organism or pathogen that they have been vaccinated against. Um, you know, this would be if, if you have a COVID vaccine or say a flu shot, um, and you pick up either COVID or the flu, that would be a breakthrough infection. Um, these typically happen in, in three kind of events. Um, you were exposed to the pathogen um, before you were inoculated, or you were infected with some sort of variant where the vaccination was less effective and you got infected anyways, or um, you were vaccinated at an earlier date, um, but your body's no longer producing things like the antibodies, the T cells and the B cells to fight off the infection. Um, and you would have required something like a booster shot uh, to continue having the immunity from that specific pathogen. Um, how common are breakthrough infections? It really kind of depends. Um, if you're talking about things like the flu, it's pretty common. Uh, the flu shot is only about 40 to 60% effective. So if you get a flu shot, you have a decent chance of still getting the flu. Probably won't be as bad though. Um, other times when we're talking about things like smallpox or, you know, uh, polio, you know, we have very few of those, if, if any. Um, as far as with, you know, COVID-19, if you're getting a Pfizer or Moderna vaccine, you have 92 to 95% chance that you probably won't get it. That's pretty good. Is there the possibility of a breakthrough infection? Yeah, it's rare, but uh, it's still it's still prevalent. So it's just something to keep in mind. Um, so what are some safe activities families or friends can do together right now? The weather is getting a little warmer. Do you have any suggestions for that? You know, at this point, um, just about any form of outdoor recreation can be done. Um, that can be done without a crowd is, is safe, you know, camping, hiking, kayaking, canoeing, fishing, running, walking, things like that. Um, anywhere there's open air, a lot of flow. Those are, those are pretty safe right now. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend those things. I personally love backpacking and camping, so I'd recommend those. Or not, because then there'd be more people out there. So don't go camping. Leave it for the rest of us. Okay, so um, if people are having like potluck, kind of get-together things, um, is sharing food safe if everyone is vaccinated? It's safer if everyone's vaccinated. Uh, the CDC hasn't really come out at this point and been like, you can all have your potlucks again or you can all share food again. Um, they are they are saying that it is safer to gather uh, if you're all fully vaccinated. Um, they put out new recommendations where they say you can gather indoors with fully vaccinated individuals without wearing masks or staying six feet apart now. This is great news. So um, as far as sharing the food, though, they haven't really released any updates about that at this point. Okay. Um, would it be safe for vaccinated people to dine outside with no masks? Um, and what about dining inside? 
Uh, outside dining, yes, um, is is pretty much considered safe at this point if you've been vaccinated. Indoor dining, um, it depends on you know factors like the size of the facility, the number of people inside, uh, the amount of air circulation, and like physical distance from other people inside of the building. Um, so that that one kind of needs to be taken on a case by case basis. If you're all you know crammed into a you know nine by twelve shrimp shack or whatever, um, I'd avoid that. But you know, if it's if it's a restaurant that has you know some distance between um, tables and whatnot, you're you'll probably be all right. So you mentioned some new CDC guidelines for vaccinated individuals. Can you go over those and also just remind us what fully vaccinated means? That term. Yeah. So when you're fully vaccinated, uh, you've either had one of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine vaccines vaccinations, um, or two of the Pfizer and Moderna ones. Um, you have to wait two weeks after either your second vaccination with uh, Pfizer and Moderna or two weeks after the Johnson & Johnson for your immune system really to build up uh, the uh, materials you need to fight off COVID. So two weeks after your last shot is fully vaccinated. Um, so right now they're saying you can gather indoors with fully vaccinated people, no masks, no social distancing. Yay for our side. Um, they also say you can gather indoors with unvaccinated people um, from one other household um, without masks um, or social distancing as long as none of them are at increased risk for a severe case of COVID-19. So if any of the people are elderly, um, morbidly obese, had a history of any sort of respiratory illnesses, or are immunocompromised, um, you'd still need masks and social distancing for those indoor events and for those individuals. Um, they also say you can conduct outdoor activities without wearing a mask, um, except for like crowded venues, things like sports, concerts, stuff like that. Um, travel in the United States doesn't require any quarantine periods now, um, or testing after you uh, go to or from your destination. Uh, that's not the case for international travel, and you'll need to check um, the local health authorities in that country um, for recommendations there. Um, and they also uh, require you to quarantine um, after arriving home and being tested. Um, and then there's one other. Uh, if you've been around someone with COVID-19 uh, and you didn't, uh, you don't need to stay away from others, what they're saying, unless you start exhibiting symptoms. Um, so that, those are the new updates from the CDC. Vaughn, did you have any final messages for people this week? You know, I would, I would strongly encourage, um, you know, the youth of the, uh, of the reservation and of the county to consider, you know, really what they consider important, who they consider important. Um, you know, vaccination is really, uh, it's, it's, we've tried to make it as convenient as possible. Um, and we want to keep you and your family members as healthy as possible. So I would encourage um, anyone that hasn't been vaccinated to do so at this time. YYNN for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab. Keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcasts. We do weekly updates with Vaughn, and we do welcome any community questions you have regarding COVID-19. So please send those to us via email at podcast at mitw.org.